eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into the Hoisty Colors podcast. I am your host, Stephen Igo. Excited for this edition of our baseball season preview podcast. Joining me shortly will be Jonathan Wagner and Lee Pizzatella as we break down the upcoming season, make our picks for several different categories, which we do on an annual basis, sometimes in written form. This year we are doing it in audio form for you guys as we are just a few days away, less than 48 hours as I record this, from the season opener against Bryant. Now, we recorded this podcast, or the, I should say, the pick segment prior to today's big news, Just got back from the practice field where ECU head coach Cliff Goblin announced that projected ace and left-hander Carson Wisenhunt will miss at least the opening series due to a violation of a team rule. I got wind of this on Tuesday, uh, late morning, early afternoon, that Wisenhunt was likely to miss at least the opening series, if not longer, due to an off-the-field issue still and verifying, talking with several sources. There's a lot of rumors out there, which we've talked about a little bit in VIP on Hoist the Colors, but have not been able to 100% verify anything, so I don't feel comfortable reporting on that, exactly the specifics of it, as we sit here right now. But this is a situation that bears monitoring going forward. We'll see when and if Wisnant is able to make it back. Um you know, going forward, just based on the the situation. So again, we'll see how that plays out. So you'll hear some of us in our picks. A uh, number of us had Carson Wisenhunt, of course, leading the team in wins, leading the team in ERA. So uh, we recorded that segment before the news broke, even though we kind of had an idea of it, as you'll hear me mention during the podcast but big news i mean east carolina was already thin on experience i don't think they're thin necessarily on talent on the mound but this is some major adversity hitting the team right out of the gate and we talk so much about the culture and the program that cliff goblin has built and you hope that all that pays dividends when you have your projected ace all-american golden spikes award preseason watch list nominee essentially gets suspended to start the season I mean it's it's about the least ideal way to start the year possible and so it'll be very interesting to see how this team responds uh, to this Cliff Goblin said today he basically challenged the team and say hey look if you're scared 
to go play just because Carson Wisnott isn't pitching than turn in your jersey. So he's confident in what his team will run out there, but the reality is now you're starting uh, a guy who's making his third career start on Friday and Garrett Saylor, who has no weekend starting experience for the most part. And then you're relying on Jake Kuchmaner, who's a veteran but struggled last year. And then you're relying on a true freshman and Jake Hunter on Sunday. So that's your starting rotation. You take Wisenhunt out, and there were already question marks, and now there are even more. So a lot to prove, and the team can respond to that in one of two ways. We'll find out this weekend starting against Bryant. Four o'clock, scheduled first pitch on Friday. Garrett Saylor, the junior right-hander, will take the mound. Again, has had a phenomenal offseason Coach Godwin said today he just needs to continue to do what he's doing. Um, Saturday will be Cooch Manor, the lefty veteran, fifth-year senior. And Jake Hunter, very interested to see him throw on Sunday. A guy that has had a, a really good offseason, strong fall, and then he took another step forward this preseason. Just in terms of being able to pound the zone, Cliff Godwin stacked the lineup with starters on Sunday, and Jake Hunter still mowed him through mode through them one hit allowed in four innings on Sunday in the final scrimmage of the preseason so even without Wisenhunt now the opportunity comes for several other pitchers which Cliff Goblin has called this staff arguably the most talented and deepest staff he's ever had the issue is you just don't have the experience therefore you have several unknowns as far as what's going to happen when the team actually takes the field and performs under the light so a lot of talent on this team a lot of intrigue, but also a lot of uncertainty, and it all begins this weekend. At least we can finally start to start to get some some questions answered as we head into some real baseball. So looking forward to this weekend, uh, and just a, a lot of talent. Cliff Goblin didn't want to give away much at all about starting lineup, so we'll know more about an hour, hour and a half from first pitch on Friday. All right, let's dive into the, the picks portion of this podcast as we transition into making our selections for several categories for the coming season. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, I'm joined now by two guests, one former intern, one current intern. Jonathan Wagner, he's now with the enemy on three sports. Jonathan, it's been a while since you've been on the podcast, but but welcome back, man. Thanks for having me. I'm glad that I'm able to hop back on, and I'm glad that we're inching towards baseball season again. So glad to glad to be back. We had to get you on for baseball season because that's your thing. So uh, uh, so we had to we, we just you know we had to cross enemy lines to do this. So I appreciate you hopping on. 
And our uh, current intern, third year with Hoist the Colors, Lee Pizzatella, her first time back on the podcast and sometime as well. Lee, welcome back. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back. It's been a while, but I'm excited. It has, it has. But uh, you've been working with us, doing a lot of social media and covering a lot of games. So glad to get you back on and glad that baseball season's here. We're going to have the opportunity to get you up in the press box, I think, knock on wood, for a lot of games. <laughs> so last year we did our picks, and we I think we only did them basically in written form. I think Jonathan and I may have talked about them on the preseason podcast a little bit. But we determined, even though Jonathan <laughs> – had the most correct picks that Lee was our winner. We're, we're going to do uh, the same picks this year with a few added, but uh, I think Jonathan, you had the tally, right? You had what at five to four and I came in last because I'm an idiot. So. Oh yeah. I don't, I think I had five by my count. Lee had four and I go, you came in way down there at the bottom. Um, a lot of separation just to, I know you're going to roast me here in a minute, so I'm going to take the shot at you before you get me. But you only got two correct, um, if my count's correct. So, you know, it is what it is, but I'm coming for it this year. Hey, I'll take it, man. I uh, I misfired on a lot last year. I did get the first home run of the season right, I'm pretty sure. So that was my uh, – that, that was the one that I'll, I'll be most proud of. Um, but, yeah, we determined that because Jonathan picked Christian Smallwood – again, no knock to Christian Smallwood <laughs> – he had Christian Smallwood as his breakout player of the year. Uh, Smallwood did have the the walk-off hit in the opener. Is that right? That's right. He started hot. Yeah, he, he started one for one, and then he finished the year uh, one for 17. So um, we're, we're deducting two points from Jonathan for that, for that pick, and then Lee is our winner. And so congrats, Lee. You're the winner, and now you, you have to defend your title. So um, – I can't do much worse than last year. We'll see what happens. But um, <laughs> the pressure's on. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. I mean, it's it's all it's all on lead now. And and Jonathan, with the enemy, I'm going to make it very tough on you uh, this year. So all right, we got a lot of categories to get through. So we're going to go through each of these one by one. We'll all make our picks, and then you know if you guys want to add like a a sentence or two on why we're making our picks, I'll let you guys go first, and then I'll throw in my uh, insignificant opinion as well. And then we'll also just talk about the season. Let's do that. Let's talk about just how excited we are for ECU baseball because we cover ECU football. Finally come off a good year. That was fun. ECU basketball right now is a miserable experience inside Menji's Coliseum. Uh, Lee, let's start with you. How excited are you for, for ECU baseball? It's your senior year. How excited are you to cover some baseball again? I'm really excited. Um, I feel like last year we were – doing really well and then we just didn't make it to Omaha so I'm hoping that this is a better year and I'm hoping that I don't know maybe I just have some good luck with my senior year since football ended pretty well I'm hoping that baseball is the same way so I'm excited yeah you finally got to experience a, a bowl game uh, I guess a bowl, a bowl team uh, more so than a bowl game since we didn't get to experience the actual damn bowl game uh, not to go off on another tangent, but uh, Jonathan, you were apparently were the bad luck because as soon as you left, uh, the football team started to win games. So uh, I know you're a season ticket holder now. How excited are you, Jonathan, for uh, for this season? I'm pumped. I mean, this I've talked about it before in the past, but this this baseball team, this program, it means a lot to me personally. It kind of helped me find my love for baseball again when I got to college after high school and. 
I follow it closely. I'll be there most games. I won't be able to make Sundays, but I'm just pumped. I love baseball season. It's my favorite time of the year. And I do have high expectations for this team because it's fair to have high expectations for ECU baseball. So I'm also excited for that just because we don't get to have high expectations all the time. Yeah, when you're an ECU fan, uh, they, they come few and far between. But to, to this program's credit, they've done a good job of fulfilling those expectations. Cliff Galvin's done a nice job of really, you know, at this point it's a, it's a program more than a team from year to year. Uh, I think no matter who the players are, they're going to be good because of the way the program and the culture is. All right, so let's get into some of these picks. All right, full disclosure, we're making these picks. Uh, you guys heard me talk about the starting rotation earlier. So we're making these picks. We don't know the starting rotation yet. We had to do this earlier in the day on Wednesday. I've also heard some chatter about Carson Wisenhunt and his availability being in question for this week, maybe beyond. So, uh, But we're going to assume that he's ready to go for the season uh, with our picks. And so we'll dive into our picks. And we're going to start with one that is always a uh, – it's more of a guess than – you know, your knowledge of baseball, but we always play it in the press box and it is which pitcher will be used first out of the bullpen this season for East Carolina. Um, did anybody get this right last year, Jonathan? Um, I actually believe that Lee did. I don't remember who it was, but I know me and you, Stephen, both take Garrett Saylor and that wasn't right. Okay. Well, we'll start with you, Jonathan. <laughs> uh, you make your, your pick first. Who Who is Cliff Godwin going to go to out of the bullpen first? Uh, to relieve whoever starts on Friday? Well, I'll say I remember my first year at, with Hoist of Colors in the press box. I did correctly pick Matt Bridges in person. There's no proof of that, but I remember. I hope you remember. But this year, I just have a gut feeling it's going to be my man, Danny Beal. I liked what he did last year. And, you know, I think he's one of the returning guys. I would think first out of the pen, just, just my gut, I think he would get a returning arm on the mound before you would get a new guy. And I don't know. I don't know how the I don't know how the back end of the bullpen is going to shake out. And I feel like Dan, Danny Beal, I liked what I saw from the last year. He didn't pitch a whole lot, but I just feel like he's one of those guys. He's he's a he's a nice bet, a little off the board. Yeah, I mean the, the toughest thing about this is we don't know what the situation is going to be. We don't even know who the starters are going to be as we talk about this. So like it could be anybody. Uh Lee We'll let you make your pick, the reigning champion of this selection. So good luck. What do you got? Um, okay, so I'm thinking maybe I'll go the route that you guys went last year, and I put down Garrett Saylor. Um, I, I feel like he could, I don't know, maybe be a starter. Um, but I'm just going to say I think that he might not be and might be the first out of the bullpen. Um, I don't know. I just think he did well last year coming in. So that's just my guess. Yeah, no, I mean, that's if, – if Sailor is not starting, he's probably one of your first options out of the bullpen. And we know he got to look at a starting rotation spot this offseason, but, again, nothing's been announced. And so, if he's not starting, that's definitely a, a, a viability or a possibility for sure. Um, all right, which pitcher will be used first out of the bullpen? I'm going to go with – you know, I'm going to say this is a tight game on opening day. And the Pirates turn first to C.J. Mayhew, who is their main guy out of the bullpen. And I think Cliff Goblin is going to use C.J. Mayhew in any situation, if it's a close game, game on the line. And I'm going to say the first game of the year is a tight game. And, again, this is more of a situational pick than a than a than anything else. But I'm going C.J. Mayhew. 
partly because he's the only guy I know that's 100% starting in the bullpen. Uh, so I'm hedging my bet a little bit. All right. Uh, another pick here that's more of a guess than anything, although you you know you could guess, obviously, a powerful player. Which player will be the first to hit a home run for East Carolina this season? A lot of new faces in the lineup, some returning candidates. Uh, Lee, we'll start with you on this one. Any, uh, any gut feeling here? Um, I'm going with Josh Moylan. Um, obviously, he's a really strong hitter. And I don't know, just a gut feeling. I'm feeling like it might be him. So that's, that's what I put down. Yeah, I mean, he's probably got as much power as anybody in the lineup. So I feel like, too, there's a chance he could hit for a lot more power this year, which we'll talk about maybe later on. I think there's a, yeah, home runs category leader. So he's a possible uh, winner of that. Jonathan, what you got? I went with Alec Makarevich. I feel like, you know, you have your candidates with Moylan and some others, but Makarevich is that guy. I expect him to hit middle of the order, and he's got sneaky pop really from both sides of the plate, I think. And, you know, it's one of those things. You don't really have anything to go off of other than your gut, who's going to be in a lineup, and he's probably going to be a third base, and he's hit for some power in the past. So he's my pick this year. Um, all right, my pick is Bryson Worrell. It is Worrell, right? Not Worrell. We go back and forth on this every year. Yeah, I believe it's Worrell. Okay, Bryson Worrell, uh, probably the strongest dude pound for pound on the team. He's built like a football player. And I just got this feeling, man, like we talk about it every year, Bryson Worrell is going to have a breakout year, this and that. But I, I feel like the pressure is kind of off of him this year, and he's going to have a very good season. And I think it starts on opening day with a bomb. Um, and when he hits them, there's no doubt about it. So I'm, I'm hoping we get some juice from that. So I think all three good picks there are all probably middle of the order hitters. So it's probably going to end up being Lane Hoover. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Which pitcher leads ECU in victories? Um, Jonathan, we'll start with you here. Uh, there's a few candidates I know. Yeah, I think the obvious candidate would be Carson Wisenhunt. Um, just being that Friday night guy. But I'm going to go with the guy you mentioned earlier, first out of the bullpen, C.J. Mayhew, just because I feel like, like you said, he's going to be the guy in all those tight moments. I, I just feel like the way I look at this team, I think you're going to have a lot of close games this season. You're going to have a lot of close games that are tight in the middle innings, and I think that's the perfect spot for C.J. Mayhew. And then you get him the lead, and I just think he's going to rack him up out of the bullpen, pitching multiple times a weekend. So I think he's, he's, he's my go-to here. Yeah. I mean, he's honestly a good pick. There was a year I covered when I first started covering the team, Ryan Williams, I think was the reliever. He was used in like every middle relief late in a row. And I think he led the team with like eight or nine wins. So, I mean, that's a definite possibility. Um, and he, he went three and one last year, but again, 34 appearances, which led the team. So like he's going to be in those spots and could get some easy wins. Uh, Lee, who's your pick here? Um, I went with Wisenhunt. Um, obviously, he had a really good year last year, and I think he's going to continue to be better. Um, so, I don't know. I just think it's him. I think that's a pretty, like, obvious answer is that he was really good last year, so I'm thinking he's going to still be just as good this year. Yeah, I'm going to Wisenhunt as well. Again, it's a it's an obvious answer, assuming he's good to go for the season. I mean, he's your most talented pitcher. He's a projected first-round pick. Even though, you know, the only thing is 
he's going to be pitching if he's good to go on Friday night on Friday nights, which is when you face your most talented competition as well. So wins can be hard to come by. But as we saw last year, Gavin Williams, 10 wins in 15 starts. So, I mean, those guys can uh, also rack up wins. So I think he's definitely your, your number one candidate. But I like the C.J. Mayhew pick, Jonathan, going off the wall a little bit. So I, I respect that. Yeah. yeah. You got to get points somehow. I'm not going to get points by picking the same guys you guys do. So, you know, I'm just trying not to finish in last again. So, um, <laughs> obvious, the obvious ones. All right. Uh, which pitcher leads ECU and earned run average? This also could be an obvious one or it could be a, a sneaky breakout pick. Uh, Lee, we'll, we'll start with you. Um, once again, I went with the obvious pick and I put Wiz and Hunt for that. That's, I mean, that's fair. I mean, he is. Yeah, I feel like it's pretty fair. Yeah, he's your best pitcher on paper and definitely a guy that, you know, preseason All-American for a reason. Jonathan, are you going Wiz and Hunt? Or are you going uh, going off the wall again? I, I really I really thought about going extremely off the wall for this pick, but I'll, I'll save that for a little later. I've got something lined up for later in this in this predictions, but I am going to go with Carson Wiz and Hunt. I, I, don't, I don't really think – I wouldn't be comfortable going with anybody else, especially not my off the wall pick. Well, I'm going to go off the wall. I'm going to go CJ Mayhew. So um, <laughs> I'm going to go CJ Mayhew. And I would not be shocked if, if Mayhew at some point this year becomes a starting pitcher. If the, if the, if the rotation struggles due to the lack of experience, whether it be injuries or otherwise, I, I think he's going to be a guy that if, if they have to move into the rotation, he does. But I think either way, Bullpen or not, he's going to have a very good ERA, a very good season. And so, C.J. Mayhew is my pick for team leader in ERA. Last year, it was Gavin Williams who finished with a 188 earn run average, which is insane. Um, Matt Bridges was second. And tied for second was your boy Danny Bill. <laughs> Somehow, some way, he had a 225 ERA. Uh, so, maybe he is first out of the bullpen, Jonathan. Danny Bill's legit, I'm telling you. Uh, he is – He's definitely one of our podcasts <laughs> for sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, all right, which pitcher uh, – I sent you guys which pitchers, but it should have been which pitcher leads ECU in saves. Um, so, uh, unless there's going to be multiple, and I just automatically assume that. But uh, which pitcher leads ECU in saves? I can't remember who I just started with, so I think, Jonathan, it's your turn to go first. Yeah, uh, I, I think another obvious pick here, C.J. Mayhew – you know, last year you had the big three of Mayhew, Cam Colmore, Matt Bridges. Colmore and Bridges are gone. That leaves C.J. Mayhew and a whole bunch of questions in the back end of that bullpen. I think there are some guys, you know, a Skylar Brooks might – I don't think he's going to be in ninth-inning situations, at least not right away. But there's a few guys that could take this, especially if Mayhew does move to the rotation at some point. But Mayhew, I think, is the easy, easily the safest pick. And, yeah, I think you got to go with C.J. here. Yeah, CJ last year had eight saves. Uh, the other closest was Matt Bridges with five. I think I picked Bridges last year and, of course, got that wrong. Um, Lee, who are you going with? So, I, so I'm so i going into this thinking that I think CJ Mayhew is probably going to end up starting at some point because I think he's the obvious answer also. So, I'm going off the walls a little bit, and I'm going to say Carter Spivey. <laughs> Just because, like, I don't know. I, I just feel like it could be him. I feel like this could be, I don't know, just a random pick that could just 
work out. So I don't know. I'm picking him. I just have a good feeling about him coming in. And so, yeah, that's my pick. If you nail the Carter Spivey pick, <laughs> you can do the podcast on your own. Next I week. just really wanted to go off the wall for one of them, and I'm, I'm picking that one. I mean, he's got good stuff. It's just – for yeah. him, he's always been mental. I mean, he, he'll go out there and dominate for an inning and then have a lapse after that. But he's a guy that, honestly, if he could get it consistent, he could be a back end of the bullpen type of guy. So, that's the thing. If they move Mayhew to the rotation at any point, I mean, who is going to be the closer? We don't know. So that's a that's an off the wall pick, but hey, it could work just like my uh, off the wall pick earlier. So and Jonathan's as well. Uh, CJ Mayhew, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going CJ Mayhew. I'm going. Uh, I think he leads the team in saves, and I think he moves to the rotation. I think he does both. I think he pulls the Alec Burleson at some point and ends up doing both um, before the year is up. All right. Next category, which player leads ECU in batting average? I don't know about you guys, but I had a really tough time picking this one um, because I have no clue who's going to lead ECU in batting average. You know, there were some solid hitters on last year's team. A lot of solid hitters are gone. If you look at the past, a lot of guys who maybe hit not so good earlier in their career end up hitting really good later in the in the in their career. So honestly, this one's wide open. Uh, Lee, who who do you kind of have a gut feeling about here? Um, yeah, like you said, I, there was a lot of options that I kind of had a hard time picking, but I'm going with Josh Moylan, um, once again, because I just feel like he's a really strong hitter and he did really well last year. So I think he's just going to continue to build off of that this season and be even better. So, yeah. Great minds think alike. I'm also going Josh Moylan. Um, not to skip you, Mr. On three. I am going to get to the second <laughs> I, I think Josh Moore, let's see what he hit last year. He had 310, which is a very good average for a freshman. Um, you know, you would think theoretically could improve that. We know batting average is evil, according to Cliff Goblin. It is the devil, um, and he's, he, he has nightmares about it. But uh, we we can use it to quantify good hitters for the most part, and so I think Josh Moreland definitely has a chance to do that. Jonathan, who you got? Yeah, I went – I did not pick Josh Moreland. I went – I don't know if you would call this off the wall, but I'm going to go with someone who really ended last year hitting the ball well, seeing the ball well. I'm going to go with Zach Agnos. I think he's probably the best on the team at working counts, at least he was last season. And, you know, he developed a little bit of pop in middle of the year to late last season towards the end of the regular season. So I think he's going to carry that momentum into this year. He's going to be playing for a lot this year. I like Zach Agnos. I think he's going to have a huge season batting. I like him in the two-hole personally. But I do think Zach Agnos will be the team in average this season. Zach Agnos, I'm looking at it last year. On April 3rd, he was hitting 205, but he finished the year batting 268, which, I mean, that's a, a major hot streak to raise your average that much in a short amount of time. So he can definitely do it if he starts the year kind of how he finishes. So I think Agnos is definitely a, a – a possibility as well. Last year, we forget, was his first full college season due to the the canceled 2020 season. So, a uh, big year potentially for Zach Agnos. All right, who will lead the team in home runs? Um, I'll start this one off since I've been letting you guys start it. I'm going to go with the same guy I just picked, Josh Moylan. Uh, I, I really feel like, again, he's a guy that has a ton of power potential. At times last year, you know, didn't maybe hit as many – for as much power as we thought, but I think you usually see that leap from first to second year 
And I think Josh Moylan has a chance for sure at double-digit home runs, you know, 12, 14 or so this year. So I'm going Josh Moylan. Jonathan, who you got? I am going to go with Bryson Worrell. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but he's – I mean, he's one of the most jacked guys on the team. He's just pure strength. I mean, he's there, – there's nobody that really touches him to me. So I think that Bryson Worrell – we're going to see more of the Bryson Worrell, I believe, two years ago when he started the season so well, and he was a key guy. Maybe it was three years ago. I don't remember which season it was, but – He's been here. I think that powers – yeah, he's been here a while. But I think that power is going to come consistently, and I think he's going to – really step into that void left by Connor Norby, Thomas Francisco, Seth Cadell. So, Bryson Worrell. All right, Lee, who leads ECU in home runs? Are you going with one of us or going a different route? I'm going with Jonathan. I have Bryson Worrell, um, I, like basically what he said. There's no doubt that he's strong, and I think that there's no doubt that he'll hit a lot of home runs this year. So, I, I feel like he's going to lead the team in home runs. He is my pick to start the year with a home run, and uh, I think him and Moylan are definitely the, the favorites on paper. I think Makarevich could be a guy that could surprise some people with his power. Um, the catchers, more so Ryan McChrystal. He's a freshman, but he's got a ton of power for a freshman, so uh, we'll see what happens. I think Riley Johnson, by the way, small guy, but he can hit the ball a long way, so – I don't know if they'll hit as much uh, as many home runs this year, but I think it'll be a different type of team that can also hit a lot of doubles and steal some bases. All right, would player which which player leads whatever the correct grammar is? Uh, which player leads ECU in RBIs? Um, another one that's wide open. And Lee, we'll we'll start with you because we don't know where guys are going to be hitting in the order. Um, could be just about anybody. So uh, who do you who do you feel like will uh, bring home the most runs at the plate. Um, I'm going with the same guy I've been been talking about a lot, Josh Moylan. I think that he's going to be somewhere maybe in the middle, and I think that he would do really well, and I think that he's definitely our guy leading the team with RBIs. Jonathan? I am also going with Josh Moylan. Like Lee said, I feel like he's going to be in the middle of the order. I feel like he's a pretty much safe bet to be – number three or number four in a batting order pretty much every day. So I'm going Josh Moylan, but yeah, there are, there are a few guys that could be there, but I thought about Bryson Worrell, but I mean, he could be your unconventional Cliff Godwin leadoff hitter like we've seen before with Bryson Worrell and he could hit two. I just think Moylan's going to have more opportunities to drive in runs. And I think he's going to have a big year doing so. Yeah. I think Moylan's probably your own paper favorite. I'm going with uh, Alec Makarevich. I think he's a guy that's going to hit anywhere from like second to seventh. I think he'll have a lot of RBI opportunities, switch hitter. Uh, even though I think he spent the fall trying to only bat lefty, which ended up, I think they had ended up going back to switch hitter, but uh, powerful guy hits from both sides of the plate hits for average. I think he'll grow from last year. You know, teams pitched him differently as the season went along. And so I think both those guys have a really good opportunity. I, I think Zach Agnos is kind of, another one who could end up hitting in the middle of the order, be a candidate there. So all I know is that you're replacing a lot of production. Connor Norby, Thomas Francisco, Seth Cadell all drove in 47 or more runs last year. That's a lot of uh, production to replace. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Moylan finished last year with 38, which is a very good number for a freshman. Uh, AMAC at 33. So we'll see what happens. 
All right, which player leads ECU in stolen bases? Uh, there are a lot of fast guys on this team. Um, I guess I'll start this one. I'm going to Riley Johnson. I think he stole nine last year in kind of a part-time role. Everybody I talk to says he's one of the fastest guys on the team, along with Hoover, Worrell, all those guys. So I'm going to Riley Johnson. I think he'll play more of a, a full-time role this year and in turn steal more bases. Um, I don't know who we're at. Jonathan? Yeah, I'll go. Um, I'm going to toot my own horn here again for, I think, my off-the-wall pick last year of Connor Norby proved to be correct by a wide margin. So I'm hoping for similar success, although it would mean that I go, you get it right too, because I am picking Riley Johnson. I think I think he's going to be in a lineup every day. I think he's talented enough. He's fast enough. But there are some newcomers on this team that I think are going to push him, even coming off the bench, just pinch run opportunities. But ultimately, Riley Johnson, I think, is going to have the most opportunities right there with Lane Hoover too. But I think Johnson will – I think he's going to run away with it as well. Lee, who's your no pun intended? Um, I'm going the other direction. I'm going with, or the other option. I'm going with Lane Hoover. Um, obviously, he's fast, and I feel like you know between him and Riley Johnson. I don't know. I just feel like it might be him instead of Johnson, but you know. Yeah, both those guys. I think it really it comes down to who gets on base more because they're both going to run. Uh, Lane had seven last year. I just looked at the number. Johnson had eight. Bryson actually had nine. So. Bryson might be a sneaky candidate for his size. I mean, he does run a lot. Uh, the the freshman to watch is Luke Nowak out of Wisconsin. I don't know how much he'll play, but he was uh, probably one of the faster outfielders in the country last year out of high school. And like you said, Jonathan, could be a pinch run candidate. Carter Cunningham from uh, Juco ranks also stole a lot of bases. So you got a lot of, a lot of speed on this team. All right, next category, individual – player breakout pick and so for this one it had to be a player who um was coming back from last year's roster not necessarily a new or could not be a newcomer it had to be a guy who was at least on last year's roster uh i think jonathan we're starting with you i'm losing the order here but uh we'll go jonathan all right so and you gotta redeem yourself for last year so please this is a there's a lot of pressure on me here i, I can't mess this one up but I, i'm going with an option that i don't think is necessarily a safe pick I really thought about Josh Gross I thought about Lee's pick for saves Carter Spivey here but I'm gonna go with Cam Clunch I really like his swing and another reason I'm picking Cam Clunch when you look at the first you look at first base I think Josh Moylan last year he was a late game he was taken out of the game late a lot Thomas Francisco slipped from left field to first you know, I don't know how Josh Moreland's defense is looking this fall, this spring, and preseason. But, you know, Cam Claw, she's going to bring a lot more speed. He can play corner outfield as well. And I really like his swing. I think he can pitch, too. I don't know if he's going to get that opportunity. But I was a big fan of him last year and his limited opportunities. He hit um, three thirty three last year and just a few at-bats. But I think he's a guy that can kind of step in all over the diamond. And as injuries kind of – come up as a baseball season does I think Clonch is a guy who he, he has an opportunity to really run away with a strong season in his second year if he gets opportunities yeah he's he's definitely an under the radar player but I wrote about him and I did 10 breakout candidates for an article the other day there really are that many I mean he's a guy that if he gets the opportunities he can definitely do it just like a CJ Boyd another second year player who didn't get many opportunities last year uh Lee 
Who's your pick for breakout player for the 2022 ECU baseball season? Um, I'm going with Alec Makarevich. Um, obviously, he had a really good season last year. Um, and I feel like I just noticed him a lot last year, and I thought he was really good. Um, and I think this year, I think he's really going to build off of that. So, I don't know. I'm kind of going with a little bit of a safe pick because, you know. But anyway, I think I think it's him. I mean, there's a – you know, obviously there's different levels of breakout where you could get a guy going from unknown to, you know, part-time starter, or you could get a part-time starter like AMAC was last year to full-time – all-conference caliber player, and I think that's a very realistic possibility because um, he played more as last year went on, but he was still in a part-time role for the most part. So, uh, no, that's a, a good pick in terms of that. Um, so, I, yeah, I had a lot of candidates here. I went with a guy Jonathan mentioned, Josh Groves on the mound, 6'4", right-handed pitcher, really good stuff. Didn't pitch a ton last year, but looked pretty good in flashes. And so I feel like this year – with some uncertainty surrounding the starting rotation, he's going to get a chance at some point to start or pitch at the back end of the bullpen. And I think he's just got the stuff to be a really good pitcher. So I'm going Josh Groves. I almost went Garrett Saylor as well, even though he's kind of a similar guy to Makarevich in that he's, he's pitched a lot, but I think he, he can go to that next level. So I think all, all three of those are definitely, uh, definitely fair picks. All right. Which true freshman has the biggest impact? This is another one that is a, you know, wide open category for the most part, as it's a very talented freshman class. We never know how much a freshman class, who's going to be ready mentally to play, you know, in, in addition to having the talent to play. Uh, I'll go first year. I'm going Ryan McChrystal. Mentioned him earlier. Really talented catcher, left-handed hitter, powerful bat. I think he'll hit in the middle of the lineup before the season is over, maybe even to start the season. Uh, whether it be DH or catcher, I think he's going to be your your catcher of the future. So I'm going to Ryan McChrystal. Um, Jonathan, your turn, I think. I I was going to go with McChrystal, but just because you did, I'm not going to. Um, I'm going to go with the freshman arm. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Merritt Beaker. Okay. He. I've listened to all the player interviews. I listened to all the media day, the interviews on Pirate Radio Live on Monday in the Players Lounge, and pretty much everyone picked Merritt Beaker. And as one of the new guys who's really tough to face, really tough at bat, he throws him the left side. And I think in the le- left-hand bullpen, you have C.J. Mayhew. But like we said, with the uncertainty around, you know, will he spend the year in the bullpen? Will he be in the rotation? Will he do both? Eventually, you're going to have to have another lefty in the bullpen step up. With A.J. Wilson at Charlotte now, I think Merritt Beaker is a very good candidate to do so. And I think he, he has the opportunity to pitch a lot right away. Lee? Uh, your your freshman pick. I know we uh, we talked about it earlier, so I'm interested to see if you can get the pronunciation right. Um, I put Trey Yes Yes Savage Yes Savage. Yep. I don't know how to say his name. I don't either. Um, I think you got it. Apologies, apologies to him um, if I butchered that. But I picked him. I think he had a really solid senior year in high school. And I just feel like if he gets the chance to really um, like prove himself this upcoming season, I think he'd be really he'd do really well. So that's who I picked. Trey Savage, along with McChrystal, probably the uh, the most talented of the freshmen. From everything I heard, there was a good chance he was going to go pro straight out of high school. 
Um, but he had, he had a big number. He wanted a big signing bonus because he wanted to play at ECU. So everybody we've talked to, you mentioned Merritt Baker, Jonathan. I think Trey Savage is probably the most uncomfortable at bat at this point for ECU batters in practice because he throws hard as hell. Maybe you don't know where it's going, but there's a chance he gets into this season and he can be a back end of the bullpen guy right away with his stuff. So uh, good pick there. I think all three of those guys have a chance to help this team right away. All right, moment of truth here as we're picking uh, what this team will do this season. And our first category is, will ECU repeat as the American Athletic Conference champions? ECU, I I always get mixed up, guys, because this damn canceled season. Have they won two regular season titles in a row? And I think they won the tournament in 20 in the year before that. I believe that's correct. Okay. But I get I get it mixed up as well. But I think that's right. I think they won the regular season in 2019 and 21, won the tournament in 2018. And so we'll, I guess this would be a three-peat if they win the regular season, a three-peat of the regular season. Do we think the Pirates will win the American Athletic Conference Championship regular season for the third year in a row? Lee, we'll start with you. We'll put you on the spot. Will the preseason fa- uh, favorite Pirates get it done? Um, I'm going to say optimistic, and I'm going to say yes. I think they will. I like it. Jonathan? I think it's going to be a lot tighter of a race this season. You're not going to win by however much the crazy wide margin ECU won the regular season by last season. But I do believe it will be a three-peat. And, but, yeah, I think there's some teams in the American that are going to creep closer to contention. But ultimately, I think the talent on ECU's roster from top to bottom is too much to pick against. Yeah, I think I, I got to go yes until somebody knocks them off. I feel like it's kind of an obvious answer. You know, they're the favorites for a reason, but there are some legitimate question marks with this baseball team. Um, the stretch that concerns me if I'm ECU or that I'm looking forward to most, starting on April 8th, you play Wichita State at home for three games. Uh, then you go to UCF, then you go to Tulane. Those are probably three of your biggest competitions uh, or competitors in this conference. And that's not an easy stretch of league play. So that could determine whether or not you win the, the championship. I think once you get to the end of the season, you finish with Cincinnati, Memphis, South Florida, Houston, you know, not to say it's an easy stretch, but I think really at the start of conference play will determine whether or not ECU wins it. So I'm going to go yes as well. Um, but I don't think it's as easy as the last couple of years. And I think that two lane series is going to be critical. All right, uh, final regular season record prediction, 56 games total. And the Pirates, I think, have won 40-plus games every year we've been doing this. I always pick 38 and 18. It's like a safe pick. It's just under 40 wins. So I'm going 38 and 18 again. Uh, I think 38 and 18 could give this team a hosting chance because of how difficult the schedule is, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I'm going 38 and 18 uh, Jonathan, what's your record prediction? I'm very close to you, actually, but I'm actually going less optimistic. I'm going to go 37 and 19. I Like you mentioned, the schedule is just crazy tough. It's awesome. It excites me. But there's a lot more opportunities to lose games than I think we've seen in recent years. So I'm going to go 37 and 19, no 40 win season this year. All right, Lee, it's up to you. Are the Pirates going to get 40 wins? Um, no, I went with what you said. I also went 38 and 18. I feel like that's, like you said, a pretty safe answer. 
Um, and I do feel like there's a lot of competition, a lot tougher competition this upcoming season. So, yeah, not 40, but a little under. Yeah, and 38, like we said, I mean, I really think you go 38 wins with the schedule. If everybody turns out to be as good as kind of they look on paper, I think you could still host a regional depending on what happens um, with your RPI and all that stuff. All right, final answer or final question. Is this the year ECU – breaks through the glass ceiling and makes it to Omaha? This is an impossible question to predict, but, hey, we're going to ask it just because what else do we have to talk about? Uh, let's start with Jonathan. What you got? I, I, I don't believe it. I, I don't. And you know I go, I'm really optimistic. Usually um, I'm all for it. I'm like, yeah, ECU is going to do it. They're going to win it all. But to me, I just – I think there, there are too many questions. It is a tougher schedule. And I personally don't believe that the starting rotation is going to be able to do enough to, I don't believe ECU will host. I'll throw that out there as well. I think they're more of a two seed. And I think not playing in Greenville for a regional is going to be tough as well. So I, I don't see it this year. I really hope I'm wrong. I'll be, I'll be in Omaha if I'm wrong. I'll go ahead and say that. But I do not see the Pirates making it to Omaha. Cliff Godwin is riding around in his car. He's listening to his podcast. <laughs> He's recording this clip, Jonathan. He's going to play it for the team just so that they can be wrong. So uh, thank you for the motivation for Cliff Godwin. All right, Lee, do, are you going uh, are You going the more optimistic route here? You talked about it earlier. It's your senior year. Is this year the Pirates make it to Omaha for the first time ever? Yes, I'm going to be optimistic and try and just hope for the best. Yes, I think they're going to make it Omaha. I think it's a long time coming. I think there's a solid foundation that's been built. Yes, there are some questions, you know, but I do think there's a solid foundation. So I'm saying yes. Um, I really hope so because of my senior year, but also, yeah, I just hope they make it. Are you going to be there if it happens? probably I would say I would say yes I would I would figure out a way to get there if they made it there yes well if it's a good enough season for Hoist of Colors good enough year maybe we'll take all the interns so uh, <laughs> if the Pirates make it to Omaha all right I guess I'm going to give Cliff Galvin some more bulletin board material because I also don't think they're going to Omaha Lee I commend you for your optimism <laughs> I think a lot of it comes down to honestly it's just uh it's matchup based ECU the last few super regionals has been good enough to be an Omaha caliber team. They just have gotten terrible matchups. I mean, last year you get matched up with Vanderbilt, which is, you know, they had two of the best pitchers in the world. So I feel like those were kind of ECU's best shots to get to Omaha the past few years. This year, I think there are some question marks. Um, can they avoid the injury or, or the, you know, any type of off the field issues? Can they do all that stuff? A lot has to go right. Not saying it can't happen, but they've hosted three years in a row, hosting four years in a row. Like Jonathan said, it's, it's not easy. So it starts with that. Can you put yourself in a position to host? And then can you get a good matchup in a super regional? You know, the safe answer is obviously no. Uh, I'm going to go no. But I, I think this team definitely has a potential to get to Omaha. Um, I just don't think this is necessarily the year. So, Cliff, you can use that along with uh, Jonathan's soundbite. Just, you know, Lee's answer is rat poison, so don't use her answer. <laughs> Um, but yeah, all right. Last thing, guys, the schedule this year, we just touched on it. You know, it's a, it's an awesome schedule. Like there's no weekend series that I'm kind of looking at that. I'm like, well, I don't really want to cover that. Um, 
you know, you got UNC, even Bryant to open the year has been really good. In conference play, you got some really good teams. VCU was a regional team last year at College of Charleston. If you're going to take a road trip, that's a pretty sweet road trip to take. Um, the Keith LeClaire Classic is stacked. So any particular series or stretch of the schedule that you guys are looking forward to, uh, Lee, we'll start with you as you um, head into your, your senior year. Um, I'm thinking, well, since we touched on this earlier, I'm thinking Tulane would be interesting um, since they are a strong team and, you know, they have a full schedule leading up to that. So I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, so that's, that's the one that I'm looking forward to. You stole my answer. That's, that's good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. Tulane, honestly, I think that's, I mean, last year, that was the series where they were chirping all over the place and there was a, there was about to be fisticuffs at one point. So it's a shame that one is on the, on the road, not to mention Corey Glore is also now their play-by-play guy after being ECU's play-by-play guy. So that just, I feel like that's a, a, ne- a new level to a robbery that I've never experienced before. So Tulane for sure is my pick. I'll, I'll throw out an additional pick just because you threw that, that one out. Um, you know, the Keith Car classic is stacked. I might be taking Jonathan's answer here. But uh, the Leclerc is, is stacked, three regional teams. So that's one weekend that I'm looking forward to. Jonathan, what you got? Yeah, I mean, the Leclerc Classic, uh, obviously some really good teams. Uh, the Chapel Hill Carolina series, that that's awesome. I'm excited for opening weekend, but yeah, maybe I'm going off the wall again. But I think the last non-conference weekend series at home against VCU, Virginia Commonwealth, they were a regional team last year. They won a game in the Starkville Regional. They're they're a really good team. I think they bring a lot back. And I think that's really going to set the tone for ECU heading into conference play. And two days later on that Tuesday, the Tuesday after the VCU series, it's a home day with NC State. So there's a really there's a lot of momentum around that series. And I think it, it really could set the tone going into conference play and make a big difference when it's all said and done. Yeah, the UNC series is going to be fun, but, man, I cannot wait for the NC State games. Uh, the NC State home game, by the way, is my birthday, so I have to figure out if I'm going to work that or not or just go as a fan and get drunk and uh, yell shit from the outfield. <laughs> um, we can't cuss because it's a podcast. Um, but, yeah, well, that'll do it, guys. Uh, fun fun roundtable as we look forward to the season. Again, just a few days away. We'll see how the weather holds up. We'll see if they can get – the game's in on time. First pitch is scheduled for 4 p.m. on Friday. We'll see if they have to make it a doubleheader or push a game back or whatnot. But I'm excited, and I know you guys are too. And I'm, I'm glad we could get a uh, – the, the reunition – is that a word? The reunite? <laughs> reunition, I, so. I don't believe, is a word. <laughs> I'm glad we could reunite uh, the three of us on there this podcast uh, as I forget how to speak English. Um but th- thank you guys for joining us, and uh, we'll see we'll see how the season plays out. I'm looking forward to seeing how bad I can do again and how well you guys beat me. Yeah, I, I went a little off the board here, so I think I'm a contender for last place this year, or if it all comes together, then I might run away with it. Not to, not to toot my own tone, <laughs> but I'm rooting for myself here. Yeah, yeah. Well, Lee's the defending champ, so if anybody should toot her own horn, it's, it's her. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm feeling a little nervous about my picks. I feel like I have the pressure from last from last year, but we'll see. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. 
right, guys. Appreciate you joining us, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys again down the road. Jonathan, we'll get you back on Lee. We're getting you on more often. In the past, I've had you on for like basketball podcasts, and and I know you're probably more comfortable talking basketball or uh, baseball or football. So appreciate it. Thanks again to Lee and Jonathan for joining us. Thought really informative segments there as we looked at several different categories. Again, a lot of unknowns with this team, but I'm very intrigued to see how it all starts to play out. I think it'll take a number of weeks for guys to really settle into their roles, uh, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how this team ends up coming together and gelling. Each year is different. Each team is different. This will be another different team for the Pirates as well. All right, that'll do it for the Hoist of Colors podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. We will have a post-series wrap-up pod either Sunday night or Monday. And looking forward to bringing you that all season long on the HTC podcast. Appreciate you guys listening, and we'll talk to you then. this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better because my all-new santa fe is available with h-track all-wheel drive so i can hit the trail without a worry in the world Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.